Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for making it part of your day. Downloading the episode, continuing to download these episodes. Uh, it's because of you, the high demand, the interactions, the great volume of people that want to hear the show and an unfiltered look at life through this lens, this corrupted, weird prism that I have. Uh, thank you one and all for doing it. Uh, season two is close is coming to a close and uh, we will have a season three. I, I think I could make that announcement in full sincerity a lot to discuss on this episode thank you again for downloading my name is jeff mance in case you're just hearing it for the first time or maybe you're in a car with somebody or overhearing somebody at the gym welcome to it this is the one man's opinion podcast Uh, my name is jeff Mance. you hear me weekday afternoons 4 to 6 p.m eastern time on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Check me out there host of the elite sports show also part owner of fantasyguru.com the Elite Sports Network, which comprises EliteSportsBetting.com, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsData.com, and all of those uh, other websites that we own, all going under one roof. I'll get an update on the Fantasy Guru merger here in a moment as well. You could follow me at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S, on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on my favorite TikTok. Get over there. All right, folks. So today we're going to go over the Super Bowl 56. It was immensely po- profitable. My biggest profits in a single day of football. I shouldn't say that. Not single day of football. A uh, single game of football. DF- winning $250,000 back in 2016 in daily fantasy football, I think is my biggest windfall ever. But yeah, between hitting a couple squares and really dominating betting on Super Bowl 56 just really had this game dead to rights. I mean, I was one point off in the prediction. And I think a lot of the things I discussed on last episode, previewing the Rams and Bengals, I think it came true. I mean, really did the run games not working, being heavy volume of passing uh, Odell Beckham being involved early Cooper cup, Cooper cup being the go-to all of that. Tyler Boyd uh, didn't quite, I thought he'd do a little bit more, but over his numbers that we bet on anyway. So we'll get to all that. I I have a lot, by the way, if you listen to my serious XM recaps, this one will be unfiltered. So I'm going to call Sean McVay a fucking douche and things like that. So we'll be unfiltered. Also, I'm going to get to all, I'll try to get to as many six of my 66 different talking points over the Super Bowl that I have a lot to get to on this show. So I'll do that. We'll look ahead to next year in fantasy football and betting on fantasyguru.com. And for this podcast in particular, maybe touch on a little bit of baseball going forward as well. So we'll do that on this episode also. So there we go. Uh, Let me start out by making an announcement. You know, I'm not, In fact, I fucking hate Twitter announcements. I recognize that I've been a problem. I've done Twitter announcements. I've done plenty of them. And I I just hate that every single thing has to be announced on Twitter. So for me, it's our Discord rooms over on. That's where family is. I mean, that's where us, the Elite Mafia, our subscribers, our customers, our listeners. You know, I hope all of you are uh, members over there least for the football seasons, if not year round, uh, because that's, that's just the place I feel most comfortable. That's the place I want to be most often. Right. I mean, I just love the people. In fact, like I'm, I'm sitting here on a Wednesday night after NFL season, I've had two days kind of to just do my radio show and podcasts and some business stuff. Like it's a lot less of a workload for me over the last two days. And I've been bitching for six months on how overworked I am, how tired I am, all that good stuff. And I'm almost in tears how much I miss it. Like, I just love the interaction. I love just the, you know, 
Monday night football ending and we're ready to go. We're going on to the next week. We're going on to the next day and the next playoff game and analyzing everything. I, I just love it. It's in my blood and I, I like it, but I'll make an announcement here. I've referred to it several times and I know it's kind of cryptically. I have a habit of doing that. I don't like my cryptic messages. Um, I like this podcast allows me to talk about whatever I want to talk about. So I'll do that here where I will be. So we have one, this episode and one more episode of season two here on one man's opinion. And then we will begin season three. However, season three is going to take a little bit of a delay in starting. I think we'll probably start around mid March. That's the hope at this point. I alluded to it back in November and I could be, Uh, in full disclosure with everybody now that I indeed have some health concerns that I've been dealing with uh, since beginning of November. Um, Really before that things have gone on is those of, you know, cancer survivor and I've had a a tumor in my intestines before. Well, now I did a colonoscopy in November. They found a mass in my colon there and I have to have that go surgically removed. And I've been waiting to the end of football season, which Jesus, fucking season never ends I, I it just was important i don't want to ever it's probably stupid to have waited this long but i'm never going to put paying customers on the back burner it's just i will finish everything i start no matter what it is so i'm having surgery on the 28th of february that is a monday you will not hear me on the sirius xm show that week and i will not have a podcast that week at the very least now hopefully we're hope everything, you know, I'm in the hospital a couple of days, I've got a massive recovery ahead of me as well on that. Um, fortunately, you know, you guys don't pay me for my ripped physique and my workout videos, right? Or you're, you're not listening to me for that because I won't be able to do any of that. You, like when I would sit in a chair, analyze football, baseball, DFS betting and entertain you. Hopefully I expect to be able to do that after a week, but they are estimating my recovery of two to four weeks. So um, I don't really know when I'll be back on the radio and when I'll be doing this podcast again, I will, my goal is to be back uh, after one week hiatus. Um, I take one week vacation after the NFL season every single year. I'm choosing to do that here during the surgery. So that's why I had it on a Monday and the whole thing. So uh, in case you don't see the podcast that week, that's why now maybe I'm fucking fine afterwards and everything's good. I can, if I'm sitting around and I'm able to do the fuck, I'll pound out. I'll do an episode a day. I'll go on serious. I don't care. I'll do the, but it all is going to depend on that. So I'm going to need a little bit of time to recover from that uh, for uh, that's what the doctors and surgeon and everybody tells me as well. So um, that's going to be what I do. Not going anywhere, not like leaving, you know, elite or serious XM or all any of that kind of stuff. So just to squash those rumors, we've got Ray flowers going to host the show, Ted Schuster with him as well. I think they're going to do the entire week together, maybe two weeks together as well. So, um, and then we'll just sort of delay the start of season three and it'll be, I'll have some good surgical stories to tell you when we begin season three in, uh, mid March when, uh, we fire this podcast back up. So that that's, what's going to be going on there. Um, hopefully still be around in discord and somewhat on Twitter a little bit after a few days. That's what I hope. So we'll start out that direction and see, you know, kind of take it from there. So that's what's going on here. Uh, appreciate a lot of you guys have reached out with well wishes and things like that. Cause you know, again, my cryptic messages, not really describing or going into it from one who wants to hear about fucking colon stuff. Right. For two, um, I'm a fighter and I'm going to be fine. Pretty confident in that, you know, things are scary. You go through it. My life is no different than anybody else's obviously. Uh, and we all have our things. And, you know, my old man, I've done, you know, episode eight of this podcast is devoted to him and he passed away of cancer. And I know the way this goes, you're never really over. It's never done. You keep going, you keep fighting and every day, and you have to have that mentality. And, um, I, I learned it with my old man and 
caring for him and being there and you know, having to give him shots and seeing him in chemo and radiation and surgeries and things like that. It's part of us. Uh, episode 58 deals with cancer. Um, both myself, my father, uh, other people in my family who've had it, you know, these types of situations. So, you know, if you're interested in that element of either my life, or if you're going through something similar, you know, uh, if you're going through something similar, I'm here for you. And I want you to know that we have a small group still left. I mean, after I battled back in 2017, a lot of you or a bunch of people reached out. We still have our support group um, and our Twitter DMs. And if, if you're going through similar things, your family member may be, you know, I'm, I want you to know that I am here for you, all of you to run questions by and talk through things because I think it's important. I really do believe in that having somebody to talk to and go through it with and just let you know, it's going to be okay. This is normal. Okay. This is not normal. Got to get this checked out. You know, all these things that you can go through is very important. So um, I'm here for all of you. I will stay here for all of you. I am not going to go anywhere. I'm a beast of a fighter as a lot of you probably know. And so that that's what I'm going through there. Um, not going to bring, I don't want to bring the whole thing down because I got a lot to talk about and a lot of anger. I'm going to, you know, I, I say something like that, then I'm going to go call Sean McVay a douche. You know, I, that's the irony of Jeff Banz's life, everybody. But that, that is what it is. By the way, did you guys see like the 11 people that showed up for the Rams Super Bowl parade? Like legitimately no people came to that parade. And that's the Rams just don't have a lot of fans. I know some of you maybe are, and that's great. Again, I'm a White Sox fan. We don't, we always get dwarfed our fan base by the Cubs. I, I love it. I like having, I don't want to be a part of a big group. I like my White Sox. I like my group. I like my Southsiders. That's, that's why I like it. My favorite team in all of sports because of that, because I feel a connection, not only personally with where I grew up and whatnot, but also just, it's not a lot of us that have gone through it all. And I think there's something to be said for it. So I'm not putting the Rams down. It's just a fact. I mean, they were outdrawn by other teams in their own stadium. They had a home Super Bowl, and you really couldn't tell whatsoever. So um, I thought that was pretty funny. Aaron Donald, Sean McVay, both kind of announcing, we're running it back. Yeah, sure you are. Uh, you're doing that without Andrew Whitworth. You're doing that with a, without Odell Beckham. You're doing that without banged up Robert Woods. You're doing that with people. Another year smarter covering Cooper cup, Matthew Stafford, not nearly as hungry. Cam Akers busted up uh, a terrible offensive line. No Von Miller, most likely no Eric Weddle, most likely and no Dante Dion, possibly Darius Williams, a free agent in their secondary. The Rams have got, real problems so good luck running the back you got aaron donald that's a great start but i don't think the nfc is going to be that bad again the rams had a very good ride and sort of a magic carpet that brought them to and helped them win the super bowl even that game i mean let's face it that game everybody was just it was super close all the way through, but it was boring for a, such a close game. It was really boring. I, it, it, that is just it's perplexing to me how boring the game could be while still close and, you know, everything going on. So um, that was my ultimate takeaway from that game. I, I thought that the referees were very good all the way through. And then the final drive, they were going to let, they were going to give, they can't give them a touchdown, but you can give them every opportunity to. And that's what that pass interference call was all about. Then they give them the makeup call as if, oh, we'll set them back a little bit, but you're also restarting the downs on the first one. So you're giving them four extra plays is what they gave. And then, yeah, you take one away that doesn't make up. So you give them three extra plays. Obviously they scored on the last one. Uh, so there you go. So, and that, that was always going to go to Cooper cup. It was just, telegraphed it was just you knew that was going to happen so um that was my ultimate take was still i mean they still did it though you have to perform people could give you an opportunity the referees could give calls in favor of you it doesn't mean 
anything's handed to you is to get a bigger chance. And Cincinnati, I, I still don't know what they did play calling wise that entire game. I can't believe that the one time they took a deep shot, they hit for a 75 yard touchdown to T Higgins over Jalen Ramsey. And then you don't go up top again. If you guys didn't see it by now, that final play of the game for one, why is Samaj P Ryan in a fucking game? What's wrong with you? Serious. You are a fucking idiot. Zach Taylor. That was stupid. Two third down runs to fucking Samaj P Ryan. You gotta be kidding me. What the hell were they thinking? Why was P Ryan in the game at the end of the game as well? No, Joe fucking Mixon. Come on. Just awful. Just awful across the board. And, but on that final play, if you look at Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey's on him. Jamar Chase runs a go route. Jalen Ramsey falls down. That is a touchdown. A game winning, Super Bowl winning, world championship winning touchdown. Joe Burrow didn't see him. Joe Burrow did. He was, this is the problem with Burrow and just an inexperienced quarterback. Nothing wrong with Joe Burrow. He's a great, what he did this season is fantastic. Made huge strides, but there are times go watch. uh, I I finally downloaded the ESPN app. Everybody you'd be proud of me. Never felt like an older man than when I talked about that. And I said, Oh, I wish they had an app. And everybody's like, yeah, they do. An ESPN plus app. I watched the man in the, the arena, the Tom Brady, and he talked about his first Super Bowl run and how he got to the AFC championship game against Pittsburgh. And he was just nervous as fuck. He said he couldn't figure out why he just couldn't. The game was too fast for him. The game was too big for him. And if you know history, NFL history, Tom Brady went down in that game. That hurt Drew Bledsoe to come in and rescue the Patriots. That's why they got to the first Super Bowl. And then they started Brady instead of Bledsoe, which was very controversial at the time. But young quarterbacks, that's what happens. You, you know, that was Brady's second year, and he had won seven, eight games in a row at that point. But that game was just too big for him. And this is what it felt like with Burrow at, in that those moments where he just he knew what he was doing before it happened. And that is the difference. Another year, maybe two years of experience difference between getting hit and drugged down by Aaron Donald and throwing a wild pass to Samaj P. Ryan incomplete to stepping up in the pocket and firing that ball deep downfield to a wide open Jamar Chase for a championship clinching touchdown. That's the difference. By the way, Aaron Donald's offsides on that play too. Another thing, he was lined up clearly offsides, no call there. Not that big of a deal, but something, if you like film study and looking at that, um, you wonder how he got in so quick. Well, it helps when you're, Got a little bit of an edge. It certainly helps you. So, uh, th- you know, that's my takeaway. I, I don't want to be mean to the Rams. Congratulations to them. It's Matt Stafford. And I will eat my hat or my crow or whatever it takes from um, all season long. I said that I don't, I still don't agree with the trade. It's not, there's nothing that happened that changes my opinion. Um, a world championship. I did not think was going to happen. I I knew they'd get to the playoffs. I felt they would win the division. I thought Matt Stafford would eventually fuck it up. uh, And he tried, I mean, two interceptions in the Super Bowl definitely tried, but he, you know, they didn't. And uh, you know, if you would have told me when this trade was made that the Rams would win the Super Bowl. And I've said it all year long. I said, all right, if that happens, then it was worth it. Well, it happened, and I still don't think it's worth it. I just don't. I do think that Jared Goff probably wins that Super Bowl as well. You know, or I don't see Stafford doing anything extraordinary at all. I just did not see it. He had good game, a really good, you know, solid game, a great season. Goff has had solid games, great seasons. So, but it's worth it. But I'll take my loss. I'll keep my opinion, but I will admit defeat because they won the world championship. But now the Rams are in a serious hole now, though. You've got significant free agency uh, ready to go. And, and I mean, you guys, I, I, 
you t- heard Sean McVay talk about it. You t- heard Sean McVay talk about the um, uh, possibly leaving or giving up coaching and Aaron Donald talking about retirement and stuff like that. And you know why they're doing it, right? I hope you understand that the Rams are in a lot of trouble. They've got a quarterback that turns 35 years old. Cooper Cup had one of the greatest NFL season, wide receiver seasons ever. And the coverage will be on him. Like He's not going to sneak up on anybody next year. It's very hard to repeat a season like that. We've seen amazing seasons from receivers. Michael Thomas and Drew Bennett and guys like this come to mind. I mean, they just go bananas. Dwayne Bowe, remember him? I mean, we've had some really great seasons, not quite as great as Cooper Cup, but and then but defenses catch up. And if you're not when you don't have Odell Beckham suffered an ACL injury. Now I've had problems with Odell Beckham. I feel he's immensely overrated. I didn't like the way he leveraged the Browns and left that situation. Um, all of that being said, I hate to see anybody get hurt, especially in a Super Bowl. That is brutal. And to suffer a torn ACL, second one in his same leg, left leg, that's a problem. That's a major – that could be a career ender for Odell Beckham. So he's out of the equation. Robert Woods is significantly hurt. He'll be coming back, but far from 100%. You have Cam Akers who looked like dog shit in the run game. Absolutely. Sonny Michelle's gone. Daryl Henderson's on the last year of his deal. Um, that didn't can never stay healthy and is beaten up. Andrew Whitworth almost guaranteed to retire. Guy's 41 years old. Uh, their left tackle, they Austin Corbett, their starting right guard is a free agent. Brian Allen, their starting center is a free agent as well this season. So they're losing three fifths, could lose up to three fifths of their offensive line. You've got um, uh, no. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, Sony Michelle is gone, as I mentioned. Um, Von Miller's gone as well. Dante Dion, their starting slot corner, gone. Or free agent Darius Williams, their starting corner, opposite Jalen Ramsey, likely gone. They shit all over Taylor Rapp and brought back Eric Weddle to really diminish Taylor Rapp, uh, I felt, unnecessarily. And that will obviously create a, a problem, some friction there. Aaron Donald's talk about retirement. Sebastian Joseph Day, their starting defensive tackle in the middle, their big run stopper. He is a free agent after this year as well. It's, there's, I mean, there's problems. And oh, by the way, they don't have first, second round picks <laughs> you know, for the next couple of years. You wonder why Sean McVay is going to leave LA very soon, either before next year or after next year. It's because he he knows that the Rams' future is in real trouble. So building a super team and keeping a super team, two different things. Very hard to do with a lack of assets in Los Angeles. Uh, on the Cincinnati side, it's easy to say, we're going to be back, we're going to be strong and better than ever, and we'll have another year experience. All this is terrific. And the Bengals and Bengals fans, you all know, you feel good, great. Great, Tony the Tiger. The because you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase. I mean, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. There's a lot of talent. Uzoma is a free agent. Quentin Spain, their starting left guard, is a uh, free agent um, this year. But that's really kind of it. Uh, Eli Apple. I don't. Oh, actually, Jesse Bates is a free agent. They'll have to keep him. Eli Apple played a lot better in the second half than the first. I don't have any problem moving on from Eli Apple, to be quite honest with you. That doesn't worry me at all. And you have Evan McPherson, their kicker. So their pieces are there. However, there's this problem. And the problem is the American Football Conference, the AFC, as they say. This is loaded. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Bill Belichick with Mac Jones, of course, Lamar Jackson coming back within the the Bengals division, Cleveland Browns aren't going anywhere. They've got cap room. They've got, they don't have Odell Beckham. They need another receiver, but that run game's legit. The offensive defense line legit. 
That is a tough go of it. You've got Deshaun Watson coming back. If he comes back with Houston, if he doesn't, we'll see. It's a tougher thing. You've got Indianapolis. That is a very good team. Now we'll see what happens with Carson Wentz, but that's a team that could have represented. If they, I, if the Colts won week 17 against the Jaguars, the Indianapolis Colts could have been in Super Bowl 56. You got Tennessee that was the number one team in the AFC getting Derrick Henry back for a healthy for a full year. You've got, oh, this guy Patrick Mahomes over in Kansas City is pretty goddamn good. You got Derek Carr in Las Vegas now with Josh McDaniels, a lot of those Patriots coaches that are now in Vegas. You've got Justin Herbert in LA with the Chargers hitting year number three, ready to ascend. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers looking like he's going to end up in either Denver or Tennessee, possibly even Indianapolis is whisper. That's three AFC. T- so this idea in even Pittsburgh, Jimmy Garoppolo may go from San Francisco and help a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts, just steady their quarterback position. This AFC getting out of there is going to be very, very freaking hard for any of these teams. Whereas the NFC is kind of wide open for at least, going into 2022. So the fact that they're young and got a lot of talent is great, but they, that's not going to be enough. Also the Bengals, they need to upgrade that offensive line. Obviously you can't have Joe Burrow get sacked 70 times in a season. Think everything's going to be copacetic. It's not going to be so careful Rams Bengals on top of the heap of 2021, but everything's over now. We are moving to 2022, and there are a lot of situations. We've got new head coaches everywhere. We've got uh, um, Brian DeBall. He goes to New York. I think the Giants. He's got the giant new GM. You got two first-round picks, Brian DeBall, Saquon Barkley, a very talented receiving core, a good young defense. That's that's a situation. The Giants could get better very quickly. Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, Nate Hackett in Denver. Does that mean Rodgers goes there? Possibly. I mentioned Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. Lovey Smith taking over in Houston. They're not going to be contenders. Dennis Allen will take it over for Sean McVay in New Orleans. Uh, we'll see what happens with their quarterback situation. Doug Peterson. You get a different, at least an interested coach for Trevor Lawrence. And again, in the AFC. Eberflus in Chicago, that's not going to be a problem. Um, and then you got Mike McDaniel in Miami. And I got to tell you, you want to know a secret? I'll tell you guys a little secret here. I absolutely fucking love the Miami Dolphins right now. For there in 2022, I, I haven't gotten all the way through my research, obviously. There's still the NFL draft. There's a lot. There's NFL free agency and um, all of that going on. Um, But I am really digging the Miami Dolphins. This is a team that with McDaniel there now, I I just love the cut of his jib. He's been the brains behind Kyle Shanahan for years. I'm very curious on who he gets as the offensive uh, coordinator and specifically the offensive line coach. I want to see what happens. I wish Miami had that their first round pick. Like that would be a good thing, but you know, there's a lot of talent on this side of the ball in Miami. And Tua Tagliavoa is not somebody that I think has a big future in NFL is going to be a stud, but with McDaniel there, I'm interested specifically from a fantasy standpoint. I'm I'm all of a sudden very interested in um, in Tua in um, in all of it. Yeah, I'm just interested in the run game. Who's going to be running back? Jalen Waddle, obviously. Like I have real interest in what happens in Miami. Like I said, I wish they had the their first round pick this year. Uh, can't remember where they traded it to and who the hell for. It's to Philly, but I don't know who the hell. Who would they have traded to Philly? I completely, uh, I don't know what, what I know. You guys are screaming at your radios right now. I have no idea. I totally blame. Anyway, but they do have the most salary cap room, Miami, going into the season. So, again, the AFC East could be tough. Whole AFC is going to be really tough. 
we'll see what happens with that. But there's, there's no sure things in there. I do love the dolphins that at least as we sit right now, and they could fuck it all up and sign a bunch of garbage players and draft shitty and all that, but we shall see. Um, other Super Bowl 56 takeaways, uh, you know, Odell, Terrence ACL sucked. Both quarterbacks were hurt. Burrow with his knee. It's a sprained MCL. We knew it was worse than he let on. Stafford had a sprained ankle, pretty significant one. Grade two is what they're saying. Um, kudos to those two quarterbacks for toughing it out. Cooper Cup is not a Hall of Famer yet. Calm the fuck down, you idiots. No, one season does not make you, even a Hall of Fame type season does not make you a Hall of Famer. That The only player that really got away with that was Joe Namath me you know the arguments for Terrell O Terrell Davis who only had really four amazing years right that there's an argument there but the running back position doesn't have the longevity as the wide receiver so Cooper Cup slow down with Cooper Cup Hall of Fame if he has a, a two more years like this and then plays for another three after that even mediocre sure then we start talking about it, but that was that. Um, what else? The I felt oh, I loved the halftime show. I loved it. Well, a lot of people didn't. Maybe some of you listening, you don't like it. Hope it's not for the wrong reasons. Hope you, if you don't like that music, that's great. That's fine. But it's, there's a segment of people that really just didn't like African Americans at the halftime show. You could just tell. I saw it on social media. I don't like that music. That's fine. If you don't like the music, I totally get that. But if there's other underlying premises, I, you missed a great halftime show. That was a good one. I think it was the best all time. Maybe Prince. Prince was good in the pouring rain, seeing a purple rain. That was a good one. But for my money, man, Dre and Eminem, Snoop, that, that was pretty, pretty damn good. As far as I'm concerned, um, I won 15 grand in a, a square pool, uh, $250 per square, got four squares. So $1,000 invested in that. And my 3-0 square hit in the second quarter. And then I hate this. I don't know why, P. If you run square pools, don't do split the money up evenly. Don't do, we had 5,000, 5,000, 5,000 for first, second, third quarter, and then 10,000 for the final. That's fucking ridiculous. That's where just make it even. But I won second and fourth quarter. So 15 grand is the most I've ever won in my life in a square pool. I never win squares ever. Again, I've been doing this 30 plus, 30 plus years, man. I've, I've hit a couple squares here and there. Nothing, anything significant like this. That was amazing. Um, I was 10, three and one on my bets over elitesportsbetting.com. Very happy. And I figured it out. The, the sports betting should be a legitimately, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested, you play fantasy sports, you're a big sports fan, really no reason any single one of you can't make a decent enough supplemental income by betting on sports. The only re- what holds so many people back is why a lot of you, and I had the Sirius XM audience do this, and I'll ask you guys as well. If you didn't make money or if you were only up a little or down a little, if you didn't absolutely fucking smash, number one, why didn't you tail my bets? All right, why are you using some other provider? That's that's your first mistake, right? Maybe, I don't, you know, to each their own. But I want you to go look at your, Bets. Go into your FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, MGM app, Barstool, whatever it is. I want you to go into there and now take out any bets that you made on the national anthem, the opening kickoff touchback bullshit, the uh, color of the Gatorade, all right? Any, any frivolous, silly pop culture type bets. Now I want you to re- take those out. Now recalibrate, retotal up everything you, you want to lose. You did a lot better, didn't you? This is the problem with sports betting, and I've been saying it for weeks. 
it's the first season I've had sports betting. I have bet offshore for years. I, I mean, we used to bet 20 years ago, right? I friend, good friend of mine, guy I worked with, I'll just say it, had a bookie in, in Chicago and we would make bets through him. And it was always the you know, same routine, be up some, we'd have, it, it's all like never actual money. It was always just, unless you owed him, then you, then you had to pay, which, you know, I was pretty decent. Like it was always like, I'd carry a balance. Like I'd have whatever, $55 worth of credit with the bookie that I could bet, you know? And then um, I'd go down a little bit. And I think if it got past, I think it was like 50 bucks, if I'm not mistaken, then you'd, you know, then it's time to collect. Otherwise, you know, you owe, you could owe up to 50 bucks with any, you have to pay, um, whatever. So I did that back in the day and for years. And then I started 2008, 2009. It was a site called Bodog that became Bovada.com. And I bet offshore for years. And then my bookie, I did it through them for, for a while as well. So I was, I was doing some betting, but kind of this low end. And you know, it was all just, I realized how shitty it was, how bad the bets I was making, how bad the odds were. Cause they, I didn't have any other odds. Same with the bookies. And they told you it's minus three and a half. That's all you got that or no action. And it, that's why I wasn't drawn to sports betting nearly as much back in those days. I liked it, but I, I'm not betting just to bet and neither should you, you should bet as if it's your income. It's kind of like working just to work, work, to make a living, work to provide for your families, work to buy new hats and shoes and fucking work to buy drugs, whatever, whatever you're doing with your money, whatever it is, a judge-free zone on this show. But that's why you work, not just working for fun of it. Same with bets. And I don't mind if you want to make some crazy bets in the Super Bowl and you could afford it. That That's great. No problem at all. But when you start going Oh, fuck, fucking man, I lost $25. I lost $150. And then I look at your bet. I'm like, all right, well, show me your subtle bets. Show me what you did. You're betting in fucking Gatorade colors. How fucking stupid do you have to be? Come on. Again, I know I'm talking to a bunch of you who did it. And you should know. I mean, no disrespect. I've bet those shitty bets before. Be smarter, be better. I spent two full weeks every day going through a new swath of Super Bowl bets. There were so many to sort out. I mean, I, I don't even know. There, there's literally thousands of bets, thousands. And went through every one, and I, I ran through all the ones I was interested in, all the ones that didn't match my, my numbers or my projections. And where I had the advantage, which ones were giving me better odds than they should all of this. And then I kept filtering down filtering down filtering down, filtering down. That's why I was kind of quiet. If you noticed, even last week on this podcast, I think I found that's about middle of last week, Super Bowl week. I had opened up and realized, okay, I had settled on some of the bets that I liked the most at that point. Right. It wasn't the national anthem or a fucking kickoff, right? Actual things about the game. That's what I know. And I can provide to all of you, everybody said, I know that shit. I know games. I know football. I know how it works. And you look at my overall record, 10, three and one to super, Bowl. mind you, let me just, so that was 10, three and one, which is great. But is it my, you know, the I, I'm kind of mad about it, honestly. And the reason I'm kind of mad is that the three losses that I had realized like I, one of my losses was the Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes. Fucking Joe Mixon, the running back through one of those touchdown passes. Otherwise that bet hits. Okay. The other one was one is probably my most frivolous bet. MVP Matt Stafford plus one twenty five. I was sure the Rams were going to win and all my Rams winning bets, the alt line one to 13 point, all that hit. But I think Stafford got screwed out of the MVP, not screwed, not the cup didn't deserve it. He did, 
But if he does, if Stafford doesn't throw that second interception, which was a tip pass, that I, he wins that MVP award. So that was very, very close. And then the third one was actually a, a correct bet. Highest scoring quarter was the third quarter. It tied with the second quarter, but unfortunately, that was a a, a tie was an option. And thus I lost that bet, which just should not count. That sucked. So those three bad, I mean, I almost as perfect as you can get. And realistically, that's the, the deal with sports betting is you're always going to get the once in a lifetime that never should have happened things that will always happen. And that's why you, you know, spread it out and diversify. Don't go all in on one player or one team or one side Weigh both ends win on both margins, the same way Vegas, and these online books, they set up their odds. They want action on both sides. That numbers they use, they want you to think, yeah, highest scoring quarter. No, that's going to be the first quarter. No, it's going to be the fourth quarter. They want that. They want they want you to think Cooper Cup's going to go over 105 and a half yards. How many of you realize that Cooper Cup actually went under? How many of you realize Cooper Cup wasn't even the highest scoring player of that game? Well, I should say the highest receiver receiving the yardage of the game. T. Higgins had 100 yards. Cooper Cup didn't even have 100 yards. So, you know, perspective, you should take what Vegas does and apply it to your own bets. And that's where you weigh things out. Don't go all in on one side because if that site one that doesn't work for whatever reason, circumstance, doesn't get the ball, freak plays, bad weather, unbelievable defensive play, whatever it is, if that fails, you can't just lose everything. You've got to find a way to stay in the game and stay at least above water or as near as you can be to be in the game for the following week when you can smash. The same rules and, and strategies that we learned and applied in daily fantasy sports years ago. It's the same as sports betting. Just don't be crazy. Don't be stupid with your money. Don't be bad with your money. So on the season, um, by the way, my big parlay, um, I, Odell Beckham touchdown Rams win plus two ten. that one hit. Then of course my, um, um, three-way parlay that was plus 1014 Rams to win by one to 13 Beckham anytime touchdown cam makers under 64 and a half rushing yards, three favorite bets of the whole day all came in and that's with Beckham getting hurt. Thank goodness for that touchdown. Uh, cause that could happen too. That's why you diversify as well, but one 10 to one on our money there. So pretty fantastic overall very happy with the way the season went in case you missed it my nfl season i bet more than i had ever bet in my life i have 173 wins 138 losses no ties i love the no ties that's my favorite no pushes fuck pushes 55.6 percent winning percentage now that's actually lower than i've been any of the last three years that's the lowest winning percentage, but I bet a shit ton more. So you may think, okay, well, you know, 55%, that's maybe not that great, uh, so on and so forth. Well, it's not, to me, it's not enough. I aim for at least 60%. I think I should be able to bet 60% winners. I really do believe that. However, I'm up 50, uh, 50 I'm sorry, 40 no, no, no. What, what am I doing? What am I talking about? Oh, oh yeah. 59.6 units. 60 units. Now, some of you, I, I got this question on Sirius XM. So what's a unit? What the fuck does it, what does that mean? Well, unit can be anything. Um, it's whatever the dom- denomination that you're comfortable with. For some people, a unit is a thousand dollars. For some people, it is $10. Some people it's $1. For me, Honestly, I didn't, I didn't answer this on Sirius XM because I didn't want to sound like the biggest asshole in the world, but it's $100. I bet $100 on just about everything, okay? Um, I shorten it for parlays, right? You know, usually I've done as low as $10 on parlays. I've gone, I've gone higher than 200 on parlays. You know, it all depends. But um, $100 is the unit of measurement for me. So when you're talking, you know, 60 units up at $100 is what, $6,000, something like that. Again, if it's $10, then it's $600. You're making a ton of money. 
you've made a ton of money this season and a great return. And that's what it's all about. Actual supplemental income. Now, I mean, you notice I don't go, I'm not betting NBA right now or even college basketball. I'll bet college basketball during the tournament, but I'll also find my lane in what I do decently. I'm not a major basketball expert. I know plenty about the sport, played the sport, all that. Have won fantasy basketball championships and uh, NCAA bracket contests. And, you know, I've done that stuff before, but football is my bread and butter with baseball being my second. So, and when it comes to money, I like to stay in my strengths. That's what I like to do. So that being said, we're going to have a big USFL presence over at fantasyguru.com. I could safely announce that we've gone over our off season packages, which by the way, there will be an off season package of fantasy guru merging all the sites. As we speak, I just went through, made some changes on the new uh, site layout and how everything's going to look over there. I think they're doing a great job. It's going to look good. going to function well having data, having our elite plus new podcast network that we're doing over there, uh, you know, all the seasonal content, daily fantasy content, the betting content all over there at fantasyguru.com as well. So getting all that going, but we're going to be full on in that USFL. I think we'll have a massive advantage. I know football. I think my team knows football, Tyler Beaker and Russell Clay and Armando Marsa. I think we just know this sport and you could, have a, give us spreads and lines and DFS contests on Pop Warner with six, eight to eight year old kids playing. And I think we could profit from it. I, I strongly believe I know this game. I know the sport. A lot of, I've studied USFL, you know, coaches like Jeff Fisher and um, Todd Haley, <laughs> big uh, Todd Haley, big teeth. He's the biggest fucking teeth I've ever seen. Uh, looks like he, bite the skin off a of basketball. Anyway, the, you know, I know these coaches, I know their tendencies, I know their systems and against what players it, it, it's, you just plug in the players for them. So when you have that kind of knowledge, I think we could do well. So we're going to have the off season package that will have full USFL coverage over there at fantasyguru.com. We'll do a betting DFS and seasonal package for that. So uh, football's not going anywhere, folks. That is for sure. And we'll see about the XFL. XFL looks, I thought, expected when The Rock was at the Super By the way, what the fuck was The Rock doing? What was that nonsense to start the Super Bowl? I mean, what the hell was that? He's just talking into a microphone. He wasn't even saying, no, The Rock is cooking. He wasn't even doing any of that. What the fuck was that? I, I, I am. I was at a loss, but he. I thought the week of the Super Bowl, Rock was going to announce the XFL because that's what he said during the, his last Manning cast. Right, he was going to say, you know, make an announcement on where they would be in 2022. It doesn't look like that's happening, so maybe it's going to be 2023 for the XFL. But lo and behold, if XFL does have a season, we will cover that at fantasyguru.com as well as on this podcast, on the XM show, all of that. So um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at as far as that is concerned. Other takeaways from the Super Bowl, I have no idea. Sean McVay is a goober. He is a great offensive mind, a great play designer, a great pregame strategist even though I will say his play calling is dog shit. Oh, it's so bad. They came out of this game. They, they went into this game. How did I, like Cam Akers, I bet on Cam Akers across the board. You just heard my bets. Okay. Under 64 yards. They came out and just pounded the rock with a pound of the rock. Cam Akers, Cam Akers. Cam, Cam Akers had the first three touches for the LA Rams of which he, he got seven yards and a catch, but he had 11 yards and three touches, including seven yard catch. So two carries for four yards. And that was, I think that was the most he gained the rest of the game. His four yard carries the biggest he had. So just what are they doing? And then they brought in Daryl Henderson. Sony Michelle didn't even play in the Super Bowl, hardly played. Yet he was their best running back. That is a deliberate 
emphatic mistake by Sean McVay. Just absolutely atrocious for him to make that mistake and keep giving Cam Akers the football. If it wasn't for the third and one play, Cincinnati has the the ball. Remember, they get Tyler Boyd had the first catch of the game, which feeling pretty good about that right off the gate. Then you use Mix and he gets a yard and a half. So you got third and one. They bring in Samaj P. Ryan's like, what are you trying to one up? Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, are you trying to be? Hey, I could be dumber than you. I'm going to use P. Ryan here at third and one. Oh, and then we're going to go for it. And then Burrow throws in complete the chase, and it's like. The Rams take over at midfield and took them six plays to get down for that first touchdown. They gifted that first touchdown to them. Now I was thankful they did. Cause I don't know Beckham scoring. That was a big one right there. Right. But I mean, that was it. And don't give me this bullshit that it was that Beckham's injury hurt the Rams. Go oh, fuck yourselves. The same people say that are the ones that say that Cooper cup should be in the hall of fame, right? Make up your mind. You have Cooper Cup still. Why do you don't need? You didn't. I mean, it, not nothing's good. It's not a positive for the Rams, but it also wasn't the end of the Rams. They could have easily performed. Still, Van Jefferson, a very good wide receiver there. Skaronic, no, he sucks. He should never have been in the game. But I thought that was bad as well. Um, what else is there? Oh, I, I'll go over my transparency always here on the One Man's Opinion podcast. I talked about this on the XM show. My overall season in fantasy football uh, overall record was 170 and 110, 20 leagues. I was in, made the playoffs in 17 of my 20 leagues. Only my home league. I missed by one fucking game. Thanks to oh, Sonny Michelle about that one fucking a Monday night game where he, I had the game one. He loses a yard. I lost by 0.02 uh, or I'm sorry, 0.01. Right. Cause I had the tiebreaker. That's the only reason I didn't make the playoffs in that one. My listeners league, which my listeners, including a lot of you out there, you guys kicked my ass. It was like four and 10 in that league. You kicked the shit out of me. And, um, oh, my HOFL league. So the three leagues I cared a lot about didn't make the playoffs. Made the playoffs in um, 17 others. Got absolutely whitewashed in half of those in the first round. And, oh, no, no, almost all of them. Actually, two of them, the playoffs started a week early. So I was out. So I was in 15 going into week 15. That's ironic. And of those 15, I lost in 11. So I only had four leagues. I lost 11 fucking leagues in one week. That was brutal. Red wedding type shit if you're a Game of Thrones fan. But then I won three championships overall. And I'm happy enough with it. Not perfect, especially making playoffs in so many leagues. Having so many good calls that we did in seasonal environment. But you know, closing out three titles and all three of them were expert leagues where I competed against people in my industry, people who have their own fantasy websites and podcasts and radio shows and businesses and all that stuff. So tough competition. People do this for a living, proud of those three championships, um, daily fantasy. And now this, uh, it, what we're doing in daily fantasy, if it's the biggest cheat code, maybe in the industry, I'm pretty confident that our group over at elitefantasy.com, soon to be fantasyguru.com, all under one roof. We have the biggest event. We're the only people left that actually play daily fantasy. And I, I think there's probably like two or three ecosystems, groups of people that still truly play DFS. But of those groups, we're the only one that doesn't just play a ton of lineups or a ton of money. We don't throw money at the problem. We actually take it line by line and are transparent with all the losses as well as the wins. I do believe, I believe we're the only ones left. And I'm really proud of that. The, um, some of the uh, um, wins from this past season, we had four losing weeks, I believe four losing weeks overall in uh in daily fantasy uh, 
just unbelievable, you know, real sensational season. We won 15 out of 17 weeks in cash games in 2020 during a fucking pandemic. This year, we weren't quite as prolific. And as I think I was pretty clear with everybody at the beginning, we, it's going to be hard to do that. Okay. Um, but we cashed at least 50% and 50% or more of our contests in 14 of the 18 weeks, 77.8%. We were profitable in 13 of those weeks, so 72.2%, where we won more than the rake, which is roughly about – so we won at least 62% of our contests. And actually, the math is actually we won over 75% of our contests in 13 of 18 weeks. We had total losses just three times in cash games, so single entry 50-50 that we do. That's Ted Schuster and myself. That's And the best thing, and I didn't even know this until I went, broke down, did my audit that I always do after the season. The best part about all of it is all three weeks where we got wiped out in cash games, all three times we had winning tournament weeks. That my friends is being, that's a fucking master class. Maybe I should be a master class teaching some of this shit because that's, impressed that's the one thing that didn't realize it as it was happening you know you're in i'm more about the work than i am at the results like i know the results are okay i feel like they're okay and when i'm on a losing stretch or a losing team like i know they're not going well but i don't get worried about results yet now is the time i start thinking okay what were the results and where do they fall and man that's impressive the three weeks that we lost in cash games were all three profitable GPP, two of them massively profitable in GPPs and tournaments that led us to be profitable. in those if two of those three weeks as well, it's credible. We only had two losing weeks in daily fantasy football all season long. Fucking crazy. Uh, five team parlay on Sirius XM. I was 67, 42 and Oh, my buddy Ted was 51, 59 and now Ted has work to do on the, the, on the site. His picks were over 500 all year long on the five team parlay. He just struggles. And I think it's the timing of the show. And I'll be honest. I think Ted just mails it in half the time, not half the time. He just doesn't put the same stress on it. Um, so that's the thing. He's a good better. He's great at college basketball right now. But, and then my record, 184, 141 and 0, up 59.6 units. Now, I have been betting and posting my bets and doing this five-team parlay and, and, and announcing my picks and posting my picks. This was my fourth year doing it. In 2018, my record was 51, 32, and 2. All right, so... um you know, what, whatever that, uh, what is that? That's 50, you know, 50, 51, 32 and two. So out of 85 bets, that's whatever, 60% winning percentage, you know, pretty good. My, the following year, uh, I was 62, 41 and Oh, so again, 60, a little over 60% winning percentage. Um, the, the following year in 2020 and given all my picks away, I was 67, 45 and Oh, another one, 60%, right? So I'm in 60%, three years running. And then this year I'm under 60%, but a lot more profitable. I, and I really believe I've turned that corner where now I know when the odds come out. I know when the, the, the prop bets come out Thursday nights, hit them hard overnight Thursdays into Fridays, right after we learn the injury report, we get good, better numbers that way. I know to stay away from a lot of the junkier bets. I learned, I've decided you guys know I don't bet like my Rams bet was minus two and a half because I did the alt line. I love doing alt lines. I'm not, I'm never going to bet a three and a half spread in my life again, or seven and a half. I will never do it. I'm never, ever going to get ruined by that hook. That's exactly what Vegas and these online sports books wants you to do. So again, this is documented. It's there 15 is every year DFS. We dominate football. Unlike anybody else, man, we really fucking do just that. That's the bottom line. I don't know what else can possibly be said. I'm proud of the work. 
that I put in. I'm proud of the effort. It's obviously, you know, in my situation, let's be honest, I put off surgery for four months in order to provide this for everybody and, and, and myself included, because I bet it and I play it. But to do these shows and to grind this research and all that while a major health issue is hanging over you, it's a tough thing to do. And to be able to perform at this level, I think, is uh, something I'll always be proud of for sure. Other people call me stupid. I mean, my friends call me stupid. Ted calls me stupid. Phil calls me stupid. I mean, they, they say it. It's, you're fucking idiotic. Why would you put your this over your health? And truth be told, I don't know. Truth be told, I don't know. I just love it. And I think I'm good at it. And that's basically why that's, and there's nothing else to it in my opinion. Um, all right. So any other Super Bowl 56, I mentioned the, uh, the halftime show. Absolutely loved that. I thought that, uh, you know, winning the square was unbelievable feeling for, me uh congratulations to the people that won our elite fantasy dfs contest i mean i won phil backard's elites uh or uh, it wasn't elite it was his uh playoff challenge contest and competition i was very very happy about that I was proud about that the elite sports playoff listener league the winner was road grays Robert Kraft's happy ending second, Atomic Bomb third, Drunk Spartans fourth, King David's Donkeys fifth, Danger in sixth, Fantasy Maestro seventh. I finished eighth in that contest. Two Beavers are better than one uh, ninth and make America Gronk again tenth. Those were tenth place finishers. Happy. Last year, I finished in third in this contest. I won Phil's this year. I took eighth in ours. I love playoffs. I finished in the money in the FFPC playoff fantasy football channels, finished in the money in the drafters, beat Jeff Mann's contests as well. So play, don't ever think there's not opportunity to win come playoff time, everybody, because a lot of money uh, had a nice DFS season in the regular season, a nice betting season, in the regular season, a nice seasonal season. But my guy, I think the majority of my money was won in the playoffs. I uh, probably not. Probably not the majority. If you count the squares, it, it was damn close. But uh, you probably shouldn't count the squares. Um, so there you go. Uh, you know, the season was a great season. Uh, and I think we're just getting better. We're just getting stronger. Uh, the new Fantasy Guru site, a lot more data, a lot more information, a lot better packages so you guys could get in on the betting. Get in on the DFS as well as the seasonal environment. And there's a lot of great tools and resources that can be used for all three of those that, you know, we got to kind of put somewhere. So we put, you know, we try to make the best choices we can, what goes in the seasonal bucket, the daily bucket and the betting bucket. Well, now you can get all three and it's, you know, the point is kind of moot at that point. Um, all right, folks. Well, I, I think that does it for this episode. I really appreciate you. It's been a great year. We're going to do some Ask Mans Anything. I'm going to do that for next week. Uh, any questions that you guys have regarding football this past season, 2022, the merger, elite sports, my health, uh, Sirius XM. Um, I will say there is some Sirius XM drama going on that would make your fucking head spin if you guys are into that kind of stuff there is the next four weeks at sirius xm is going to be very interesting because there are snakes in the grass and there are people that are just doing some bad things and sort of living up to reputations that precede them and uh, has nothing to do with me, but it may affect me evidently. And, you know, if that shit starts happening, it, you know, you're going to surgery or no surgery. I'm not going to be playing nice. All right. I've got a lot of things I've given to Sirius XM. Uh, a lot of things I've given to the industry. If you don't like me, if you don't, whatever, that's fine. Go your own way, but we're not, I'm not going to let people, run over me and our listeners and our people 
right? That's not going to happen. And so stay tuned for that. There's drama. Yeah, got specific questions. Ask them at Jeff underscore man's baby. It's what we'll do. Ask man's anything next, uh, next week. We'll definitely have an episode next week. And then a couple weeks break uh, while we gear up for season three. If you can believe it, I can't believe 105 episodes are in the can. Everybody want to thank all of you for your support this entire year in 2021 in the beginning here in 2022. We do so appreciate it again, spread the word, everybody. Let's get as many downloads as we can. I don't profit from any of this. We don't, so we haven't sold sponsorships. I think we've had a couple sponsorships here and there over the course of the last two years, but we've really tried to keep it to a minimum and we want to do more episodes though. We want to do more. I like the unfilteredness. I like the not having to worry about what I'm talking about, who I'm offending and the language that I'm using. I like it. So hopefully we can continue to do more, but that can't happen without your support. So uh, tell friends, relatives, league mates, whatever it be that, Hey man, I really dig this podcast. Go check it out. That will do it for me. Again, you may disagree with some or fuck it. Everything that you heard on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, it's perfectly all right. Do you know why? You know why? Because it's one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!